Well, hello and welcome to the Godwit Podcast for another week. My name is Paul Smith. And I'm David Kowalik. And today we just want to have a little conversation about how important is it to get your theology right? Well, it's... And doctrine. It's pretty important. Yeah. It's not the... But how important? Well, it's not the most important thing. No. So what we would say is that, as we have been saying, that... We could be wrong about certain things. I'm sure we are, you know, about certain things. We well, don't. N.T. Wright says he's sure that he's wrong on about 20%. Yeah. He just doesn't know which 20%. And I, I would reflect that and say, I don't know which 20%. Yeah. Now, during my lifetime, I have changed my theological position in a really significant way three times. Um, you know, I was brought up as an Armenian Wesleyan. Then I became a Calvinist. Um, I adopted... Uh, charismatic expression and theology, and then I um, embraced Trinitarian theology, and then in more recent times have come to a, a better understanding of the kingdom of God and all that that means. And in some cases I've had to dump some of my doctrines and take new ones on. In other cases I've enriched them or I've modified them. But I'm no more or less a follower of Jesus because of my um, what I did or didn't believe before. Nonetheless, having said all that, what really matters is that I have faith and trust in Christ and that my allegiance is with him. That's the number one thing. But doctrine really does help. Mm. In fact, uh, there was a, there's a passage there in um, 1 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16, which says, Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will say both yourself and your hearers. So there is some significant importance attached to doctrine there at least. Yeah, well, if uh, if you watched or listened to our recent episode where we just talked about who we are and what we're doing, mm. we talked about how ultimately the reason behind what we're doing is discipleship Yeah, because um, funny ideas mm. lead to um, funny outworking. That's right. So, I mean, my... My story is similar to yours. Mm. I've changed my views on a lot of things mm. along the way. Uh, I mean, all the stuff we've been talking about in this podcast um, on, on our YouTube channel are things that are completely different to what I believed years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so um, correcting my old ideas. Yeah. Um, the You know, a whole series on the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, for a... Most of my Christian life believed that the gospel was that Jesus died for our sins as a substitute in our place. Yeah. And that because of that, we can go to heaven. Yeah. And I don't believe really any of those things anymore. But my trajectory as a follower of Jesus has Mm. been, you know, long-term consistent Mm. that I just keep going towards Jesus, following yeah. him. Mm. And that has resulted in um, having to reevaluate some of the finer points of what that means. Yeah. And ultimately, I would say, I agree with you, that is the number one thing. Yeah. Allegiance to Jesus. And I would say there's two things, main things that make someone a believer, mm. a Christian. Allegiance to Jesus as king mm-hmm. and um, living by the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the New Testament yeah. says. And, um, you know, I will f- associate with anybody who's committed to those two things. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, regardless of difference in doctrine. And I have plenty of Christian friends who have differences in doctrine. Yeah. Differences in doctrine should not be the dividing thing. Yeah. And if you look at Romans 14, it says there's a lot of things that are disputable. Mm -hmm. Don't um, pass judgment on disputable matters and don't split into different churches on disputable matters. (laughs) It is a big thing too. Like I think Paul would be appalled at the results of the Protestant Reformation, which Mm. is now um, tens if not hundreds of thousands of different denominations. Because in, in his book, his letter to Romans, I think he makes that clear. Look, Jews and Gentiles have some very different opinions mm. on some of these things about what it means to follow Jesus. Mm. But ultimately, it's following Jesus is the thing. Yeah. You can't pass judgment on disputable matters and you can't go and have your own, don't go and have a Jew, Jewish church. Mm. Don't go have your own Gentile church. Mm. Um you have to be, some of you have to be just convinced in your own minds on some of these things mm. and still be together in the one church. That's right. In fact, one of the big issues in Galatians, for instance, was about table fellowship. Yeah. Who are you going to sit at the table with and eat? Yeah. And you're saying, look, despite your differences, like you've got some people who are mature in the faith, some who are weak, you've got some people who are Jews, some people who are not. Whatever the case, you all sit at the same table because in Christ you all have a welcome pl- you have a welcome mat at the table, and you can all sit at the same table. If you start saying this person can't sit at the table or I won't sit at that table with them, then you have uh, fallen into a trap. In fact, uh, Paul had to call Peter out on the mat and say, "Peter, I'm sorry, but you're wrong." And uh, the reason you're wrong is because, well, you're wrong. <laughs> so he just had to say it plain that if you're not going to sit at table and have table fellowship with Gentiles and withdrawing to just hang around with your Jewish mates, then you have lost the gospel somewhere along the way because the gospel is through the Jews for the world. Everyone's included. There's one new humanity made up of Jews and Gentiles and slave and free and male and female. They're all one big thing now. And, uh, you know, so for that reason, I'm willing to sit at table and have fellowship with Baptists, really? Yeah, I, that's 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 how seriously I take the gospel. Okay, so clearly you're, you're more developed as a disciple than I am because I'm not at that point yet. Uh, well, you, you'll I mean, get there one day, brother. <laughs> I mean, that's still a that's still a stretch. That's further ahead for me in my discipleship yeah, okay. journey. Sitting down with Baptists, I mean, yeah, but I'll do Lutherans, I'll do Pentecostals. Well, John, John, John was a Baptist, John the Baptist. So, you know. I've got heaps of Baptist friends. I've been to Baptist <laughs> churches, though. Clearly we're just I knew. Around. I yeah. knew the secret, yeah. You knew I was stained by my fellowship. Oh, I did, Baptist. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, clearly we're just joking yeah. on that. But are we <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> the question is, would we sit at a table? No, I'm not going to say Look, I've got Roman Catholic friends, Pentecostal friends, uh, Orthodox friends. Yep. People from Baptist, Presbyterian, you know, and and look, I'll be perfectly honest. I disagree with some of my friends. They're still my friends. I disagree with them, and oddly enough, they disagree with me. But we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, that's what really counts. Yeah. That being said, doctrine still makes a difference because it clarifies and helps. I feel much more. What's the word? Alive in the faith because of doctrine. Yeah. I've come to realize things that are true and that when I see the truth, it literally changes my heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I get I get pumped. 
I get a, a rush of blood and adrenaline when I see something that's amazing and true in the scriptures, which I haven't seen before, and I learn something new. It's just, it's just amazing. It doesn't change my status, but it changes the, the way in which I engage with it, and it's just uh, so freeing. And I'm, you know, that's why we, that's why we do what we do. We do this podcast because we want people to experience the freedom, the joy, the discipleship the uh, the connection to God in the spirit that comes sometimes by understanding what things belong to you. Mm. And when we understand those things and we can enjoy them and participate in them, it's just it's just the best way to be. Yeah. And speaking for myself, um, on a on a big kind of meta level, um, all these kind of different doctrinal and theological, issues that I personally have been looking into for several years now, mm. I would say the the one thing that ties them all together is the idea of passive versus participatory. Mm. And for me, a big, uh, I think a big problem in Western Christianity, modern Western Christianity, is that a lot of our doctrines lead to a passive Christianity mm. and Christianity is actually very highly participatory. It's mm. lived. Yeah. It has a very strong future eschatological dimension mm. that we live in hope for, yeah. but it's very, it also has a very strong now, mm. how we live and how we're formed in the now yeah. as the people of God in participating in his kingdom and his work in the world. Mm. And that's like, it's a big adventure. Mm. And it's, um, and it's exciting mm. and it gives breathes life into your bones mm. participating in yeah. the life of god in the here and now mm. while hoping f- um for its fulfillment in the future yeah, that's right. and so much of these you know so for me the gospel mm. the gospel of the kingdom is about a gospel of participation in the kingdom of god yeah. whereas the gospel of um jesus did it all for you on the cross mm. um i've seen it often outworked as a gospel of passivity. Yeah, you end up like a bag of old salad just lying around just saying, bring some more of that grace in and I'll stack that in as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in fact, I mean, I've, I've experienced in real time talking to people who are um, kind of really bound by um, poor doctrine. Mm. And I remember clearly a specific conversation I had with someone or I broke open a couple of things like mm. grace and whatever, mm. and they were literally freed mm. from it because they had an idea. Um, this person specifically, some of their ideas were like, I can't, you know, I can't plan anything. Mm. You know, they were a worship leader and were like, I, I don't plan worship because, mm. um, you know, the if I put effort in mm. and work, then that, takes away from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have to, like, almost have to deliberately not put effort or mm. try or, uh, um, you know, have any involvement mm. because otherwise I'm taking away from the Holy Spirit working. Mm. Yeah. And they said, you know, like, I said, where does all this stuff come from, you know? And mm. it all comes from rest and mm. we're seated with Christ in the heavenly mm. realms. And I was like, what does, and it kind of twigged, oh, mm. When you say we're seated with Christ, is mm. the emphasis on sitting? Mm. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Mm. Sitting is like being passive. Yeah. Like we're seated. We're mm. just rest at rest. Yeah. I was like, that's not what that means. Mm. 
Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning he's ruling on his behalf. It's yeah. throne room imagery. Mm. It's very active. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, the throne room is where the action takes place. That's where the orders get given and where messages get sent from and envoys, you know, launch out into the world from. So, yeah, and we, we are those envoys. We are ambassadors for Christ. We have a job to do. And, yes, the throne room is where the action takes place. I mean, even when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go to be with the Father. So I'm back in the engine room. That's where I'm going to be ruling and reigning from. But you are my servants and you serve here now and yeah. you are involved in what I'm doing. So being involved is fun. Yeah. So, yeah. And for this guy, um, I mean, there was an instant change. Mm. You know, And he said that he'd actually suppressed, he realised he'd been suppressing the mm. work of God yeah. in him by trying to, you know, he thought, and this is one of the worst doctrinal ideas in Christianity, in mm. my opinion, mm. the idea that works and effort are negative and you have to, like, squash that so that God gets more glory. Oh, so people are worried about accidentally falling into works righteousness, yeah. you know, that somehow I'm going to end up like uh, one of those, you know, um, medieval saints who was flagellating themselves or... Um, sleeping on a bed of nails in order to earn some kind of, you know, points in suffering to get righteous before God. And there's been such a reaction to that. And I understand that ever since the Reformation, the Reformation sort of freed the church from that kind of attitude. But it's almost like we've overcorrected. We've gone to the other side of the road and then just gone straight off the other side yeah. of the road into the bush to the point where you, you hear people saying, if you do anything um that that's fleshly and that that somehow works righteousness. You're trying to earn your way yeah. with God. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I really love what Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 15 where he says, uh, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he's saying, and, and of all people, you know, I am more a display of the grace of God than anyone because I was persecuting the church. I am the least likely and the most undeserving person you can possibly imagine Having said that, he says, and yet I work harder than them all. And by them all, he means all the other apostles. I work harder than the other apostles, partly because I've received so much grace. The more grace I receive, the more, not that I want to sit around like a rotting bag of salad, but the more I want to do, the more I want to tell other people about it. And so he says that because he's received so much grace, he's become what he is, therefore he's free to serve. Yeah. And yeah. so he's seeing it as a participatory thing. Yeah. And I think if we can get that sort of thing sorted, and that's what that's what we want to do. That's our primary goal in this is not academia, but discipleship. But we believe if you have good doctrine, it will save us and those who hear it. And by save, I think it means save from you know, living pointless, stupid lives yeah. and yeah. living meaningfully. Yeah. And for this guy, mm. um, you know, there was a, a change in him where he realised he was actually suppressing the work of the mm. Spirit yep. in his life by trying hard not to <laughs> um, do too much effort. Yeah. And and he, he acknowledged that there was a tension in him mm. because we're actually wired for activity. Yeah. Like that actually sounds heretical to some people. Mm. No, we're wired to work. Yeah. We're look at some there's so many people whose hobbies, mm. naturally their hobbies are productive. Mm. 
creating, building, mm. you know, like whether it's art or whether, you know, I've got a um, friend who lives down the road who spends his time out in the shed building stuff mm. as a hobby mm. because we're wired for productivity. Yeah. And but some doctrines uh, that have been in Christianity for a while are opposed to productivity mm. and actually suppress that in our nature as if that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> No, the Christian life is highly participatory. Yeah. It's a great adventure. Yeah. And and that's why I think um good doctrine really unlocks that. Yeah. How do you participate in the um the life of Christ yeah. as fully as possible? Mm. And that's what we're trying to get at. Yeah. With our stuff. And that being said, um if your motivation is to follow Jesus and mm. live by his spirit. That's still more important mm. than getting all your doctrine right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, nevertheless, mm-hmm. the role of teachers in the body, mm. and I think we part of our calling is that mm. being teachers mm-hmm. is to um, rightly bring out sound doctrine mm. to unlock this stuff mm. yeah, for people to yeah, um, follow Jesus more fully and yeah. live the Christian life more fully. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in one of the most famous passages in the whole Bible about grace, um, Ephesians 2 verse 8, going through to 10, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We all know that bit, that's all good. Not by works, so that no one can boast, and this is where people are worried about doing anything. But then it goes on in verse 10 and says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And this is going to sound crazy. It's not a bad thing to do good works. (laughs) It hardly needs to be said, but there it is. We are created to participate and to be involved in the kingdom of God. And look, there's no better adventure, no, no more exciting thing to do than to be free to serve and so grace frees us from the curse, from the past, from whatever would stop us. But the moment you experience that grace, then all of a sudden you find yourself wanting to participate. Um, I always remember the story of uh, Isaiah in the temple. He sees God and it freaks him out. He thinks, I'm undone. I'm a sinful man. I'm, I'm a person of unclean lips. I live amongst a people of unclean lips. And then one of the angels takes a red-hot coal from the altar uh, from the brazier, rather, and then puts it on his tongue and he says, this is for atonement. And then he hears God say, who will go? Who will speak for us? And he says, oh, oh, send me. And so he's he's pumped. He wants to be involved because mm. he's free. So, yes, he's realised uh, his place before God. He realises that he doesn't even belong there at one level, but by grace he is enabled to serve. And that is what we're hoping will be the, the outcome is that by understanding the things of the kingdom of God, understanding sound doctrine, people will be released to enjoy the Christian life, to serve, to participate, and just be pumped. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And if you think we're off track with some of our teaching and doctrine, feel free to let us know. Yeah. Um, either contact us through the the website, which is linked below, mm. or on comments or whatever. Mm. We're more than happy for that in that engagement. Mm. And having said that, we also hope that you will um, appreciate that our number one motivation is to follow Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. I think that's all we need to say for now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thanks. Good- goodbye. See ya.